Welcome back, everyone, to the livest TV, film, and entertainment podcast in the universe, and that would be TV channeling. Woohoo! It's another week, another week of great news, and another great review. I'm really excited. I am too, uh, because for the first time ever, Renee Zellweger is uh, doing a TV show. Yes, yes. Everybody that uh, in Hollywood is a. Uh, Moving over to the TV realm, more work there. So, that's absolutely. So let's. Uh, we're going to have some great news later in the show, but we're going to start off with uh, a brand new Netflix se- uh, series called "What If," and um, it actually has not one but two synopsises. Tanchi, uh, the first one is for the overall show, and it's an anthology series which tackles a different moral tale. And the ripple effect of a single decision that changes the trajectory of an entire life. And so that's the overarching because the show is an anthology series, but all the stories are interconnected. And so this is the synopsis for the pilot episode. Putting their trust on the line, a couple considers a proposal from a notorious investor. A night with Sean in exchange for funding Lisa's startup. So, Tachi, what did you think of Netflix's original series, What If? Well, what if I put 20 minutes on the clock before we talked about this? Oh, that's hey, here we go. What if? Oh, that's such a beautiful sound. What if I lived in a world without that damn clock trying to block me? It wouldn't be half as fun. So we are, <laughs> we are on the clock block uh, on For Real this time. So let me tell you what I thought about the show. Can I say compelling? Yes, you can. You, j- you did. You did say compelling. Well, good. I'll say it one more time. Compelling. <laughs> this is one compelling piece of work. I, I mean damn <laughs> that i mean really that's how you say it sum it up like day d-a-y-u-m damn okay it's it was really very compelling I, again it goes without saying that in this day and age there's no excuse to have sloppy or shoddy cinematography so the cinematography was just seamless it was it was beautiful there was this uh if you i don't know if you noticed but a lot of it was dark most of it was done at night or it was done indoors and so there was this dark brooding about it with you know with everything and even with all the the different inter uh interconnected characters very little of it was done in daylight so it may have been during the day but it might have been the scene may have been inside a dark bar or uh you know inside the hospital so there was very little that incorporated brightness or bright daylight and i think that's kind of a also a commentary on the type of story this is oh yeah absolutely it's a it's a very dark tale and i want to begin with uh uh, the opening scene is Renee Zellweger in her impossibly fabulous place that she lives in in uh, San Francisco. And she's dictating uh, uh, some uh, some things that they're going to end up in her uh, soon to be best selling book. 
So, because the show does a little bit of time jumping backwards and forwards, but it begins, it opens with her uh, delivering this speech. So I'm going to try not to butcher it too badly. Everything happens for a reason. Think about that for a moment. All your efforts, personal, professional, carnal, utter and absolute slaves to some cosmically uh, uh, predetermined set of outcomes as if we have no say in, let alone uh, culpability for the defining moments of our lives. If you want a life of purpose, uh, begin by inverting the notion that everything happens for a reason. Redefine it not as some explanation for a, uh, a terrible tragedy or a glorious achievement, but as a vindication of a deliberate choice of the deliberate choices that lead us to the critical junctures in the first place a uh, a service uh, uh, uh let's see a service uh uh, 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 uh service uh, to service authority over chance fate and destiny because everything does happen for a reason and that reason is you and I'm like, ooh. And um, it reminded me of, we reviewed a show uh, a little over a year ago, also starring a big movie star, Naomi Watts, uh, yes. in, uh, Gypsy. Yes. And this reminded me of this dark, of this dark moodiness and having a woman of a certain age who's basically doing things that um, some people feel like she sh- may not, should not be doing and kind of pulling strings and making things happen. And that sh- this show is definitely about that. Renee Zellweger is not uh, presenting herself in a way that I think most of us are used to seeing her. Yes. Dare yes. I say she's oh, very da- oh, different you, in please this. Please dare. Please dare because we're used to Bridget Jones's diary. We're used to what is the one that really made her uh, with um Cuba Gooding Jr. and Tom Oh Cruz, my god. Um, uh, oh, uh, uh you had me at hello. Um uh uh, uh, uh Jerry Maguire. Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Maguire, right. Yes. We're, we're used we're, to her in those her being, types oh, of yeah, chasing roles. Amy being all adorable. Oh, she's not yes. adorable in the slightest bit in this. No, and you know I love the comparison you made to Gypsy and that is a good although not necessarily the type of uh, same type of thing. They're they're both grappling with things that uh, they're going through, whether it's because of past or present, they're dealing with things that they're go- grappling with these things that they're uh, going through, and it affects every single decision that they make, more to me than usual that you would see in these types of things. So Gypsy and she are very, Mrs. Robinson, oh, are very, very parallel. Oh, one other thing, not to interrupt you, because I know you have a lot to say about this. Um, we forgot to mention something about this and where this fits in the scheme of TV channeling for the summer. Oh my God! Thank you for mentioning that because uh, 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 those of you who are longtime fans of TV channeling realize that for the past two summers we have celebrated the Bad Girls of Summer. Yes. So with with uh, with specials, we did two specials two years ago and two specials last year: Bad Girls of Summer's Present and Bad Girls of Summer's Past. But this year 
we can't contain all the bad girls to just just two specials, Tachi. So we're going to be experiencing bad girls. And for the first time ever, due to many, many uh, requests slash complaints and threats of lawsuits, there will be <laughs> bad boys of summer. 2019 so there is a lot coming down the pike but so the very first bad girl of summer 2019 is renee zellweger and oh she is very bad beyond bad and speaking of how bad she is and how mrs robinson she is there's a scene in uh uh the the uh, first episode where she's sitting in a bar and she is in this uh huge club chair and she's sitting there in this like insanely short like skirt with her legs crossed and she is doing um, she was she was doing Sharon Stone proud uh, <laughs> in that scene and I was thinking like I, I don't think Renee Zellweger owns any underwear um, <laughs> none whatsoever <laughs> when she was making this show because all the wardrobe she has on there's I don't think there's a way you can there's no scientific way to wear underwear with any of the outfits that she has on in this whole show well she, you you know, the funny thing is, as you mentioned this uh, this type of thing, wait a minute, but I think I'm mixing up the movies because Sharon Stone was... That was a basic fatal instinct. Ins- no, that basic- was basic instinct. Sorry. Yes. That was basic instinct. Remember the the scene where she's like, she's being interrogated by... Yes, a and swinging and her leg. Keeps, yes. crossing and uncrossing and her, crossing legs her legs very legs. deliberately and very yes. slowly. Yes. And so Renee's over I'm like, okay, yes, I don't I don't think that there are in, there's any kind of panties going on. and that was a very deliberate choice because the funny thing is even though it wasn't basic instinct they made she they made reference the uh, main character um what is her name help lisa lisa made care uh reference after this proposal which we'll talk about that was some might say indecent indecent (laughs) she made a reference to this is this is out of a bad 90s movie and you know goes on to explain and then turns to renee zellweger and says is that correct she said well everything except i thought that that movie's movie was pretty decent so she actually made reference I, I to that was, indecent proposal. that was genius and the reason why we're talking about indecent proposals because uh in the pilot the story is about uh, the, uh about this a character named lisa who has this startup that she that she desperately needs funding for and as the episode progresses the her need for this money gets more and more desperate and um i will say this for the the whoever wrote this script it's they put so much pressure on lisa because first of all it's not like she's just uh, it would be different we could feel a certain kind of way about lisa if this was just about greed like lisa just wants to get rich lisa uh is uh trying to uh, fund this startup that actually a company that uses technology to customize medication to each person's individual immune system and because she lost uh us uh her sister to cancer when they were children and and uh and she's afraid that if she can't get it a a, a perspective uh infusion of money not only will the company go down or, or or it'll be gobbled up by a pharmaceutical company that wants to squash this technology because it could mean it could save tons of lives but it would it would cost them money because people wouldn't be dependent on medication right uh, so so this so there is a noble thing that she's after at the core so basically she ends up in a situation where her uh husband uh, Renee Zellweger's character basically makes an indecent proposal kind of kind of offer to her, saying that you know what, I will give eighty million dollars uh, uh, to your startup for one night with your husband. See, 
And here's the thing. So this doesn't come out of nowhere, right? So just at at the beginning, which basically is is really interesting because it is an apology in a sense. When she starts off that way, it's an apology for everything else that is going to get done. And you don't realize it until you start watching like, oh, okay. So in a way, it acts as an apology. So you don't realize that there are all these series of events that lead her to to want to do this or to for them to consider it. So she's borrowed money from her brother. Now her mother and, and father and, and her brother are really, she was like adopted by the, what, yeah, the her, nanny? Her, yeah, her parents were killed in some kind of accident. And so right. she was actually adopted by the by her nanny. And so she's white and her family is Hispanic. Correct. And there's even a reference to that in the episode where somebody basically like, oh, it's like, you know, about your real, I don't know, they, they are my real family, thank you very much. Exactly, A kind exactly. of thing. And, um, and so she uh, actually borrowed money from her parents, and from their restaurant and for the brother uh, and the parents yeah so they mm-hmm. borrowed money from uh from them for the, this startup and she was getting close and it's not happening her husband is an emt an, an, an incredibly kind emt by day and by night he is apparently a very sexy bartender, bartender. that catches the eye of one renee zellweger uh who, who's crossing and uncrossing those legs uh in that club chair and so <laughs> so she has her eye on him and when when uh, uh, when uh, his wife kind of comes in to the restaurant, um, in, into the bar on a wet, stormy San Francisco night, upset the fact that her, she thinks the last chance to get her company uh, stop it from shutting down and, and losing and all her all her employees losing their jobs, uh, Renee Wigger overhears all this, and that's what starts the whole ball rolling. She, exactly, and then she probes a little bit further. You know, when then so lesson learned here, you know how I hate stupidity in characters and there's a lot of stupidity in characters. And I don't think that these characters are stupid per se, but sometimes they do stupid things. So now, um, a don't be telling everybody all your damn business, because remember, it was after that uh, she overheard and then she came over to the bar and there was a little, you know, roughness at first. And then he kind of opens up. Now, we don't hear that, but it's alluded to the fact that, you know, he opens up and lets her know about the company. So it's really the husband that is telling her all about this. See, don't be telling people all of that. So then, <laughs> <laughs> don't you? You don't know this person. There you go. They could have, you know, been overhearing and stalking you guys to, you know, come up with something and beat you to the punch of the market. So just shut up when it comes to those things. Don't be telling a stranger. And he didn't even know who she was. So then, you know, it, it ends up. Oh well, such and such wants to take him. She wants to take a meeting with you. Ends up, she's this big capital uh, uh, venture capitalist that Lisa already knows who she is studies up on her and all of this but they everybody knows she's a shark right so when it comes to this and you take the meeting and she gives this proposal this is where the story ends goodbye no not for them 80 million dollars why would you not think that you that something else would be there they're offering you 80 million dollars to sleep with your husband for one night it's more than one night my friend well, okay. Now, to, to to be fair, the 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 whole thing is uh uh the Renee Zellweger's character has a book out called At Any Cost, and so she's put she puts this proposal that's indecent uh, on the table with the idea that 
I believe Renee Zagor says I believe in your company and and the science behind it. What I'm not sure about is you. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to make this successful? Risk anything, the most important thing to you, to make this happen. And so the test is if the mo- is the most important thing to you your husband or is it basically saving all these sick kids lives what are you willing to do? what are you willing to do and so that's why i was saying how the how the writers put a lot of pressure on her so not only does she have the pressure of saving kids lives um, <laughs> with with her if her company crumbles or not but also the fact that her her family's restaurant is going to uh, be foreclosed on unless she can come up with money instantly and by the way her husband who's an emt and working two jobs and also a bartender he has just been accepted into the fire uh, uh fighters academy which would mean less money temporarily as he goes to basically firefighter i guess boot camp school or whatever the academy right. which so they he, can't do because they can't remember, do, they live in san francisco and that's another thing okay <laughs> we gotta discuss um i was gonna wait till later in the show but we but that clock is breathing down my neck their apartment in san francisco they could never ever afford that apartment that apartment is everything i love their place oh their place is great that's why i'm like okay no this is when you look at these types of things and you and the funny thing is i just got finished uh really literally five minutes before we we got on reading this article about People that live in the Bay Area, San Francisco included, and um, in where uh, Oakland, yeah, uh, yeah, G- Oakland, Ber- Berkeley, where uh, and where Google is, I can't remember where they are, but, but they're in that same Bay Area. How you know Google has kind of um, because that's a tech space. And there are a lot of techies there. There are people that have the money, but a lot of people don't. So there are even people that work at Google that don't have the money. And there's this whole culture now of people that have, um, what, what are they called? The um, I don't want to call them sleeper vans, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, the, the, the motor campers. Homes, yeah, motor the campers. Homes, yeah. Uh-huh, the campers and the motorhomes. And what they're doing is they're like parking them on the street. And that's where they live because they can't afford rent and they sure damn can't afford to pay anything. And this is not just thinking about, oh, well, people. These are some of these people work at Google. Oh, no, that, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm actually surprised at this point why these bigger companies like Google, they have not built their own complexes to have. Well, well they, they have they they well they have they do have some housing there because you know part of the thing was to work on affordable housing if you're going to be in the community you have to try and improve on it so they do have um some housing like i think two different uh affordable housing but the thing is the whole thing is not affordable it's like 20 percent of it is oh affordable. yeah but that's, but that's my point but I'm, I'm saying that they but even for their employees that are money it's just like there is so much money in that part of the of the country that even if you're making something like you know a two hundred thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollars a year you can't find a place that is ridiculous and so they need to build some really nice places because you want to lure these people to the bay area to work but they need a place to live once they get there the idea that you're making three four hundred thousand dollars and you're living either in a closet or you're living in a camper van parking on the street is insane to me it's criminal if that and means so it makes it even crazy when you see this couple where he's 
working two jobs right. and she's not and she's not taking and they even point out that she's not even taking a salary from her company to keep it afloat it's like there's no way they're living in the place they're living it's beautiful but there's no way they live no, there they live in one of those motorhomes right outside on the street <laughs> okay that's where they live that nonsense that's fantasy oh and speaking of other fantasies the um because she's down after being turned down for the umpteenth time he gets her uh get them a hotel suite and he and he hands her the key to it and she goes there and she's taking a bath and the view is of the golden gate bridge at night that suite is everything i was like what okay how did he oh are you serious we already burned through all the i'm sorry this for the first time in uh in clock blocking history i gotta go over okay so 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 this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put another 10 minutes on the clock okay okay (laughs) i was gonna try to go fast i'll go even before the clock goes off again i i need to say a couple things and then we can stop okay one of the things that that i have to say um this the uh this show i think is is pointed squarely at i'd say women and gay men because not only is uh, is uh is uh uh lisa's uh hispanic brother gay and has a black gay boyfriend because he would he wouldn't have a boyfriend that wasn't gay would he anyway and so, so there's that but her husband literally in the first 20 minutes of this uh show we see his ass so many times <laughs> in, the, yes. in the first 20 minutes of this and then at one point he's doing a underwear clad rendition of the backstreet boys i want it that way and grinding on her and i'm just like what am i and i looked at the clock i'm like is this 15 minutes into this <laughs> exactly exact but i'm like but he, he's I, I noticed i'm like wow man you're quite toned <laughs> 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 well, well, I think that's why I, why, why Renee Zellweger was um, like, yeah, okay, I'll give you eighty million dollars to tap that. So, <laughs> but, uh, mm, but you know what? Eighty million dollars always comes with a cost. Nothing is ever free, and that's to me what they should have seen straight away. But then we wouldn't have a story, would we? And something else that we didn't we didn't ma- mention: there are other characters. So of course, her brother's there, and um, her brother. Um, what what is her brother's name? Um, I, I, it might be Mateo or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, okay, we'll go with Mateo. <laughs> I, <don't>, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Mateo. I thought I heard somebody call somebody Mateo. <laughs> um, no, Marcos. Okay. Oh, yes. That's even yeah. better. That yeah, works. exactly. You said Mateo. My, Marcos. And then um, the her friend that is the doctor. Angela. So, Angela. Angela that, right. that was next thing I was going to mention because I got to say something. This speaks to how this not just this is written this way, but this is there's a clunky way of writing that really bugs me. And this happened a few times in this in this episode, but I will mention this time in particular. So after some PG thirteen uh, rated lovemaking, Lisa's husband asked uh, asked uh, her, uh, "Did you and Angela settle uh, whatever was going on in the kitchen earlier? Because they were having a little get together, right? And um uh and sh- and so she, she replies uh yeah uh she's just working through an issue with a co-worker and needed to get some of it off of her chest and he and so then he says um uh well she's been married to todd since high school if angela can make uh make that work then whatever this issue is she sh- uh should be no problem and so now todd is 
of course, uh, happens to be Sean's best friend and his co-worker. They both EMTs together. So I love it when people say stuff like that. Like if I say to you, like, oh, my God, Tanji, I can't believe what happened with Jeff. And like, oh, my God, Kevin, you've been this way since we met when we were in sixth grade. And I stopped that bully from taking your lunch. And I'm like, yeah, Tanji, ever since we grew up back in, uh, in, in Michigan, we've been best friends. No, we, we have, no one talks like that. <laughs> no, no one explains your relationship with each other when it's just the two of us talking we don't have to so the idea he's saying like you know since since angela and him been together since got married in high school just like why are you talking like that well no no it's it's weird and now what it what would have worked is if um for example todd had done something stupid and you know then they're talking about he catches them talking about it in the kitchen and then you know she's like he's like well did you get it resolved well no not really and then he's like well they've been together since high school so if she can put up with the stuff he did back then she he can put up with this so there's context there that was just an arbitrary well i'm sure they'll work it out they're resilient who says that in bed exactly right, literally right after sex that even the even the fact that he'd even ask her because because what happens is she uh he walks into the kitchen to get like because it's somebody's birthday uh and so she goes take the plates out and he was she was talking with her friend angela and angela basically just drops the bomb that she is cheating on her husband and so he senses some kind of tension but the idea that after they just got through having sex that he's going to remember to ask her about that no only in a tv show See? would it dawn on him to ask like what was going on with angela by the way exactly like, only on as TV. they're bathing in the afterglow Except, <laughs> no, nobody does that no that is so unrealistic and see again with angela another stupid decision so here's the thing yes that doctor is uh is is hot and so there's a couple of mistakes here you're married that's number one and the biggest thing number two when you look at todd he seems like the sweetest person that would do whatever for i mean they're high school sweethearts and so it's like maybe she has outgrown him and that's part of the problem but then you talk about it but nope not in a tv show because that's not good tv number three you're a resident and he is the i don't know he's the chief of something or whatever Appar- you know what apparently that's a no-no think, she thinks that she's working at gray sloan memorial uh, on in gray's anatomy so <laughs> <laughs> apparently so but they said sweetheart this is not seattle grace yeah and so she is having um, sex with her boss and apparently it was some hot sex too it looked really yeah i was like okay there's a lot going on and on this show exactly exactly to the oh i wish i wish i i never mind let's just keep going on because there's like so much that starts to unpack and so much that starts to unfold because yes kevin i did watch past the one episode i actually of course you did because you always do so i I, watched five so i I knew that you were going to go past me but i only i only i held to what we were supposed to do because i'm an honorable man i only watched one episode says you i only watched one episode but so much happened and one thing i will say um i will i will go ahead and reveal this because there's a bit of a twist at the end but there's um it's not i wouldn't consider it to be a spoiler because there's so much more that happens afterwards uh, uh obviously the whole idea is that there's pressure on lisa and finally she succumbs and she's going to basically shuck to her husband and they decide together that they're going to uh, take Renee Zellweger up on her offer. And but but one of the things I love is how they play all our heartstrings because we flash back to the uh, their um, uh, wedding party 
and where he's doing a toast and talking about how they met and what they mean to each other. Even when they were having, when they were in bed, uh, uh, talking about Angela's life for some reason, one of the things is, um, um, and he goes, well, he goes, are you worried about something? Are you worried about something else? And she goes, I'm just worried about basically disappointing the, uh, you know, the people that work for me and, you know, more importantly, you. And he goes, you could never, you could never disappoint me. You could never hurt us. And I'm thinking, oh my God. I'm like, Renee Zellweger is going to eat him for breakfast. <laughs> and <laughs> lunch and dinner. Exactly. He's so innocent and sweet. It's just like, oh, she's going to devour him. She's so taking both him to- of them are apparently initially. Yeah, she's taking him to Pound Town and leaving nothing for his wife when she's done. <laughs> it is going to be bad. This is some hot mess. I mean, but, but one thing that I, will, I, will, I do want to say is the twist is we we're assuming that this is only about sex or something or about sex even at all a little bit, but there may be something else because at the very last scene we see that Renee Zellweger has didn't just happen upon this bartender at the bar. We find out that Renee Zellweger has been had an eye on this couple for quite some time, and the question is why right what is it about them why is she looking at them and my guess is they're not the only one she's looking at i think that angela what's happening in angela's life isn't an accident right and i think renee zilberger is behind a lot of stuff that's going on and the question is why how is it all interconnected and so I think I'm going to go ahead and fast forward before we get clocked, uh, uh, blocked a second time in one show. I'm going to ask you the question. Are you going to keep watching Netflix's What If or are you going to change the channel? Well, I already have. I know. I don't even want to bother to ask you. Oh, well, there. See, I didn't get blocked again. I already (laughs) already asked the question. (laughs) You well, you got blocked once. That's good enough. (laughs) That that does my heart good. I need for you to get blocked every time this happens. So I I'm just as happy. You are the worst wing woman ever. I really am. (laughs) I really am. I can't deny that. So yes, I am going to keep watching. I find it fascinating. There are little things about it that bug me, like that thing of the. Nobody talks about that in bed in the afternoon. Nobody does that so but uh, you know for the most part i'm i'm really intrigued as to where this is going to go which is why i just kept watching so i'll ask you when it comes to netflix's what slash if are you going to keep watching or change the channel uh literally as the credits were rolling uh on the pilot episode i was like Damn it! I gotta keep watching this because when when it's revealed that Renee Zellweger has all these pictures of them, and she has pictures of them literally like inside their house in bed, so like she has cameras in their house. Yes, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? So it's like, yes, I have to. And oh, and one other little note that I need to mention is it's in the contract that they can't talk to each other about what happened on that one night that Renee Zilker gets with the husband, but he comes back and he, not only does he need to take a shower, but for some reason his hands are all bruised up. Like what were they doing to mess his hands up? Exactly. So, so yeah, I, 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 even I resentfully will keep watching. 
<laughs> what if? Because honestly, I wanted since it's supposed to be an anthology, they refer to it as an anthology series, which is a lie because it's like there was no resolution at the no, end. No, it's of not the first an anthology su- series because an anthology would mean that each um each exactly. episode was, was self contained. Exactly, so it's that's not. What, but I I read you the synopsis that Netflix put out there. They're claiming it's an anthology series. Well, Le- Netflix doesn't know what anthology. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> Yes, somebody get a dictionary over there at Netflix because are are you're just straight up lying? But I have to admit, I'm absolutely intrigued. Renee Zellweger has never been sexier, has never been femme fatale er. Is that a word? I don't think it is, but I'm 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 coining it now. Um, TM Kevin. Um, oh, <laughs> so, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's putting the Vix in Vixen, so is it's it's very steamy. It looks gorgeous. It's a fantasy. It's a parable or something like that because it's like again you can't these people can't afford this apartment everybody's impossibly good looking it is it, it's 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 trashy adult fun that's masquerading as some kind of highbrow thing the, your brows aren't that high you don't even have panties <laughs> on your brows aren't that high so but is it entertaining hells yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely um and yeah so i guess we're going to keep watching i like you know initially i didn't i didn't know if i was gonna like it i was like mm, okay we'll see but yeah i'm 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 intrigued so yeah as as i'm i literally as soon as, as soon as we're done recording this episode i'll be watching episode two and i'll be watching episode six <laughs> <laughs> cheater oh, cheater well. oh well i learned from renee zellweger anyway <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing next we're doing news it's time for the news tashi okay. what is going on in the world of entertainment this week okay so we have a lot of different things going on one of the big things is you know we just did our tv bloodbath where we were talking about all the different cancellations and we did talk about what get re- what got renewed and what is new we are. We talked about the fact that Whiskey Cavalier, which I don't understand the name because I've never watched an episode in my life, <laughs> so there's probably something to it. But they are. They got canceled. We talked about this. Well, now again, they are finally and fully. They said canceled after a brief review by ABC. So apparently, they uh, were canceled. They got some uh, heat, steam heat for it. Uh, looked and then said, "No, no, for real, <laughs> we're, we're canceled." So, um, it fans of the show were really the ones, and this is a whole interesting thing in fandom and how fans, especially in this day and age, on Twitter and on social media, have really tried to keep some things alive. So, um, Whiskey Cavalier apparently it had like a small following. But they were very, very dedicated. The people that the, the five people that were watching it were <laughs> All into it. Five of them were like <laughs> they were into like it. living for they whiskey were cavalier. Whiskey cavalier stands. Okay, they they loved it. So they were, but they were, you know, the fans were holding out hope. And that's the one thing about these types of shows that generally, when they have a following, even if it's a small following, it's a dedicated following. So it was a dedicated following. And so now, you know, they made all sorts of noise on social media. They said, okay. Well, well, and they were holding out hope. Um, and ABC said, nope, we will not be reversing our cancellation decision. Uh, this is according to creator and executive producer David Hemison. And he tweeted this news to the fans. And he said, I just got the sad news that at ABC Network has passed. Hashtag Whiskey Cavalier has been fully and finally canceled. 
it's incredibly painful to say goodbye to the show. <laughs> and our You're extraordinary so mean, past. <laughs> but knowing that we made something you enjoyed and that can, <laughs> I believe will stand the test of time, it makes it all worthwhile. But it didn't stand the test of time. That's why, <laughs> That's why it got canceled. <laughs> but isn't this only one season? It was one season. It was right? not. It, it, the funny thing is, wasn't even a whole, full season, right? It wasn't even a full season. It was. It came on around the Super Bowl. I remember they showed so many commercials for it before the Super Bowl. It was insane. And um, yeah, so it was a mid-season show. So it got like twelve or thirteen episodes, I think. And it did air all of them, but it was not even a full season. So no, it did not stand the test of time. It didn't. Even, it stand. It stood the test, I guess, of half the time. I guess of a regular TV season. It's ridiculous. But the the fact is, there are a lot of shows that fans. I will say this year, when it comes to the TV bloodbath. I was I, I I was covered in blood because we did the show, but there was no blood. Uh, there was no blood from any shows that I care about. So I, this was one of the first TV seasons in a long time where I was like la 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 after the TV bloodbath because nothing I really <laughs> loved got got the axe because like the year before I was like I was fit to be tied and honestly I was I I was hospitalized for a short time because I lost some very important shows to me. I lost uh, NBC rise which i'm still bitter about that still was bitter. a surprise i mean i saw such promise for that show. that show was so good and i was hoping against hope that it would be rescued by something like netflix because it was it was too good for honestly nbc is where good shows go to die one of the good news things that uh, happened recently in the world of entertainment was julian fellows the creator of downton abbey right. was working on a show called the gilded age yes on nbc and i was thinking like why the hell would you work with NBC? NBC doesn't know a good show when they have it. They're gonna kill it. It won't work out. They're not gonna spend the money it's gonna take to make it, produce it. And then a couple of weeks ago, it came out that you know what? It didn't work out with NBC. It's not gonna be on HBO where it belongs and where we can get gratuitous nudity to boot. So yeah, <laughs> Th- that's the thing. Network TV does not work for this this type of creativity. It doesn't. First of all, you've got time constraints. You've got uh, commercials that need to be put in there. So you're beholden to that. You also can't do certain things on network TV. And that's not to say that you need to go ahead. ahead. They need to stick to they need to stick to procedurals, medical shows, lawyer shows, doc, basically doctors, lawyers and uh, police officers uh, and I guess uh, uh, cops and firefighters. That's what network TV does best when it comes to drama. Not some gorgeous period piece uh, where they're spending literally like, you know, $10 million per episode. They can't afford to do that on NBC. Um, not even close. A show like uh, that can that's going to have like 10 or 12 episodes a year needs to be on a platform like HBO where they can recoup that money because they're getting they're not they don't they're not beholden to advertisers. They're they're beholden to subscribers and the show can air literally 80 times in one week uh, each week it's on. And so there's it, it, it was never a good idea. I don't know what Julian Fellows was thinking, even considering working with NBC. And so NBC killed off a great show like Rise. Um, the one good thing I will say that NBC did was they picked up after Fox last year, Fox canceled Brooklyn nine, nine, right. uh, NBC swooped in and, and, and gave it, uh, uh, another chance, but it belongs 
was there. Yeah, exactly. And it did so well that it's been renewed for another season. So the the reason why the Whiskey Cavalier people were so excited, thought they had a chance, is some every once in a while these fan uh, petitions work. In the case of uh, another show, like uh, a couple seasons ago, was Timeless. Timeless was canceled by NBC, and literally the day they canceled it and the announcement was out, there was such an outcry. They were like, they got uncanceled that later that afternoon. Like, all right, we're uncanceling it. And then after the second season, it was canceled again. Fans went nuts again. And they said, fine, we're not uncanceling it. But what we will do is give you a two-hour movie to wrap it up. And that is the end of Timeless. And so because everyone's, every all the success, the few successes makes everybody, like the, the One Day at a Time got canceled by Netflix. Apparently, Lin-Manuel uh, uh, Miranda, the, the brain's, behind uh uh hamilton was trying to help resurrect it so far he hasn't had any luck um it hasn't found a new home yet and i don't think it's going to find a new home but this is what gives fans hope we where we hope against hope because of the few times it does work out where a canceled show finds a new home well you know and this is another thing too sometimes it's like well what is the show following is there a strong lead-in that that you know adds to this kind of inheritance factor of like for those of you who don't understand what that is that's when people just stay with the show because the show before it was good and they watch that and they just keep watching so is there a strong lead-in for whiskey cavalier what was before whiskey cavalier do you know i have no idea but i can say that that absolutely is a double-edged a double-edged sword because sometimes if you have a really strong lead-in then there's even more expected of your show because a perfect example of that was what i referred to i don't know if other people called it that too but this too but the friends curse i yes. remember how there was never a show that aired after friends that stayed on for any length of time because they would there'd be a lot of big build-up they try to put some big high profile thing starring some big person on after friends but of course it could not hold the uh, enough of the audience that friends had because friend has a friends had a huge audience and so when there was a drop off of let's say 40 50 percent of people left nbc would be like okay you're not good enough cancel put in a new show and then that show only held 30 percent of the friends audience that show got canceled no show that came on after friends stayed on the air they got they canceled show after show after show after show so if your lead in is too big and too like you have a big bang theory or something like that that that's that big it can really bode badly for what follows it because networks can have a, a want think it's going to do a as well as that main thing but when you have those juggernaut hits Everything can't match that, especially in its first season or something. They make the mistake of thinking that it's going to, this brand new show that's been on for like two weeks is going to have the retention and have as many viewers as friends is crazy to think that. Well, no, it is crazy. And I think you're absolutely right. So the strategy should be don't try and make the same type of, you know, what, what will happen is that they, if I'm not mistaken, they always tried to put a sitcom right after Friends. Am I, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, all the, right. everything that aired after Friends, because Friends was a half hour, so they needed, they needed another half hour thing to follow Friends. So it'd be, it was another sitcom that would, that would air after to, to make it a whole hour in that, a whole that block. Uh, right. Well, maybe they needed to try something different. If you try the same thing every time and it's not working, did you think about a dramedy? Did you think about something else that, 
maybe, oh, okay, this is interesting. So you're not expecting a Friends. That's the problem. When you put another comedy right after that, the audience is expecting a friend, something just as good. Just like the same thing when, you know, everybody went to, and let me just say this, all the black people went to go see Infinity War. Uh, 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 what was it? Uh, Avengers Infinity War. And because the Black Panther cast was in there, they were, so a lot of people were expecting a Black Panther. I was like, dude, it's not going to be a Black Panther. It's different. So just like this, it's like, don't expect a friend. It's different. So maybe they should not have gone with a comedy because the audience can't discern. Well, apparently whatever they were doing did not work. Not one show, not one in 10 years of friends did not. They, there was no companion show that was on for any length of time. So do something different. I can't with them. <laughs> if they're not gonna i can't think for you so anyway i am still bitter i will say it again somebody bring back rise and while you're at it hbo bring back here and now that was an incredible show that you oh, canceled it I'm was still bitter it was oh, oh and one other thing that i was you know when we're talking about this all these terrible sitcoms that we've reviewed and that have been on Maybe if they they would have had a chance if they were on something like a Netflix or an HBO where it's not a, th a three camera or five camera comedy where there's no laugh track and no audience and they're able to do, to, you know, do have some leverage with it, do something different. I could see them surviving that way. Well, speaking of laugh tracks, let's talk about a blast from the. Oh, no, no, that, no, we can say that. No, no, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not oh, yet. Damn it. Not yet. <laughs> okay. so, well, let's, so let's move on to, since we're talking about fandom still a little bit, there's a, a whole uh, a new thing with Sonic the Hedgehog, right? So if you know the video game, if Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, it's been made into, is this the second movie? I, I think this is the, no, I think this is the first actual Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay, this is the first movie. I know there have been other video game movies, but I don't know why I remember. Maybe it was overseas I'm thinking about this. So this film is supposed to come out, was supposed to come out, right, sooner, but it's now been moved to February 14th, oh, Valentine's Day, 2020. It's a delay of three months from its original November 8th date. So it's supposed to come out this year in the fall, November 8th, so kind of like a pre-holiday thing. And um, they said that Jeff Fowler is actually the director of the film. And he said on Twitter, which we all love, taking a little more time to make Sonic just right. So what do they mean by just right? Well, this follows an outcry following the first trailer for the film um, that prompted them to redesign the character because the look of the classic video game character was widely criticized on not the classic but the way they redid the classic was widely criticized online and if you look at it he looks like a scary something oh he is incredibly disturbing looking it is it is jarring to look at it um <laughs> i don't understand how it even got this far that that some that nobody in in all the test groups and um, the test marketing where they they test with audiences or even just the regular people in the business when they were sitting around looking at dailies or or not i guess they didn't have dailies with him because he was a, he's an imaginary character once they initially created what he was supposed <laughs> to look like and then and, and put it into like a clip and like 
like, wow, he's very disturbing looking. You can't make toys out of that, can we? Um, Exactly. So this is what you have to think. It's not just about the movie. And sometimes I'm like, I want to say you know this, but you're not behaving like you know this. So you have to think about, all right, what other ways can we make money? Fine. The movie here. Fine. The movie in overseas at box offices. But then swag. Who the hell wants a T-shirt with that thing on it? It is so disturbing looking. And the funny thing is... Some things when you take a when you take a two dimensional image and try to make it three dimensional, some some of the ca- cartoon characters just look weird. I remember when they were making the Peanuts movie, and of the recently they were making these two D characters three dimensional, and the way that they were drawn, the shape of them and everything, it, it looked really weird. They had a they worked really hard. They tried to make them look less weird, but it was still not quite right. And but it can be done because one thing I will give them cre- give credit to was when they announced the movie. Detective, uh, Detective Pikachu. I was like, how right. is that going to look making Pikachu like three dimensional and have him interacting with real people? But I can't get over. They made Pikachu was even more adorable in 3D than he is in 2D. So uh, th- it can be done. Yeah, uh, you you yeah. can't make a character look good. But they, whoever was in charge of Detective Pikachu needs to work on Sonic the Hedgehog because it, yeah, something went horribly, horribly wrong with Sonic's face. Well, I think it can work really well with anime. So for all intents and purposes, Pikachu is anime. So I think it works really well there. But And you know what? Sonic the Hedgehog, I believe, is really originally anime too, if I'm not mistaken. But whoever did this, they changed, the problem is they changed the way he, she, it looks completely except for it being blue stupidity yeah no sonic is a dude i think because he has like a little girlfriend so you know guy. okay see i don't know you know more than i <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway so he said on twitter thank you for the support and the criticism the message is loud and clear you aren't happy with the design and you want changes it's going to happen everyone at paramount and sega are fully committed to making the character the best in capital letters he can be hashtag sonic movie hashtag gotta fix it fast you damn bet well sure well yeah he has three extra months to work on it so yeah i i I am this is i guess uh good for fans uh uh and this is good for the movie studio too because let's face it they want to sell tickets they're they're responding to how people feel because there's been the reverse many times when it comes to a lot of these young adult novel things where they're going to take take a series some novels a uh, book series of books and turn them into movies and then fans i remember there was a i can't remember the name of it but there was a something like something dark something anyway there was some story that fans were upset about like certain characters not being in it or some changes being made the filmmakers ignored them and the thing was a huge flop and it was meant to be a series of movies and they only made one and so you need to listen to fans when fans are really uh desperate and really care about something and devoted to something not desperate but devoted they need to listen if they're if they're looking to get fan you know fans behind something because now fans do have a voice uh and uh they can uh they can actually put bad word word of mouth out there and kill an opening weekend for a movie especially more so than tv i think i think fans have more power when it comes to movies than they do tv i i you know what i 100% agree you're making your these products for the fans it's not just for yourself otherwise you wouldn't be trying to raise money to get put this out there you're trying you know you're trying to appeal to people so it's for the fans so i 
100% agree. You need to take the fans' voices into account. However, on the other end of that, there's this thing now that, oh, well, if it worked for this, it'll work for that. And now every fan thinks that they have a say-so in every aspect of the, I shouldn't say every fan, but some fans think that they have an aspect, uh, a say-so in every aspect of a, a movie, every aspect of a TV show. And it's like, Dude, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. We've already, I mean, okay, case in point. Now, if we um, move on to the whole, the this, this same thing is kind of happening with GOT, yes? Oh, absolutely. Game of Thrones fans on mass have not. In fact, I haven't encountered anyone who was happy with the final season. I haven't found anyone who's happy. There's there's things that some people like about it, but I haven't heard anybody that's just like this was good, this was well done, I'm happy. The the ending, literally the last two seasons felt super rushed. They uh moved the story very quickly. They had characters do things that didn't make any sense. Things that should have been shot, uh, uh, conversations that we were waiting to see happen, never happen on screen. They're alluded to, but they didn't happen on screen. It was ridiculous. And so fans have come out really upset about the writing, and, and, and fans have actually requested. There's a petition out there that has well over a million signatures requesting that HBO redo the final season of game of thrones now i will say that's insane it's never gonna happen which, people that is not happening let me say <laughs> they're which, not gonna redo that is it not happening the, well the crazy thing to me is all they could all hbo would do was print more money because oh my god the the crazed uh excitement about this last season of, of game of thrones even with all the all the rage and and uh, sadness about how how badly it was it finally it came off but people were invested in it. It, it uh, The finale got the highest rating HBO has ever had by far. And so if they actually re- did redo it, it would all happen all over again. If they did it two years from now, we're redoing the final season. Everybody, we'd be all right. Let's see if they get it right this time. <laughs> now, that's entirely up to them. But I don't like that idea because it sets a bad precedent. Again, listen to your fans. Um, from what I've heard, there's nobody, even critics, that are happy with the final season in general and the finale episode of game of thrones however i don't like the fact of fans running everything because i do okay so let's 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 get to um uh sophie turner so she basically is slamming all the backlash in 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 terms of this she said this all of these petitions and things like that, I think it's disrespectful to the crew and the writers and the filmmakers who have worked tirelessly over 10 years and for 11 months shooting the last season. Like 50-something night shoots. So, so many people worked so, so hard on it and for people to just rubbish it because it's not what they want to see is just disrespectful. She also said that she's not surprised that there's backlash she said, people always have an idea in their heads of how they want a show to finish. So when it doesn't go to their liking, they start to speak up about it and rebel. The thing about Game of Thrones is that it's always been amazing. That's always been amazing is the fact that there's always been crazy twists and turns right from season one with Ned's beheading. So Dan- uh, Daenerys, or however you say the name, uh, becoming something of the mad queen. It shouldn't be such a negative thing for fans. It's a shock for sure. 
but it's just because it hasn't gone their way. So I, I see both ends of it. I do understand the fan end of it. The, the thing is, Game of Thrones is such a juggernaut. It is such, it has such a huge fan base and it is such a, a cultural statement that I'm not surprised that there are people that were upset with it. Even if the ending was smash up, there would still be people who had a problem. So I'm not surprised because of that. But I do kind of agree with her that... It can't be your damn way all the time. First of all, maybe you're paying a subscription for HBO, but it surely in no way pays <laughs> for the all the money that they've put into this. At this point, millions and millions. So it is kind of very disrespectful to call for the entire season to be done. No, you're just calling for it, which are you saying I'll come help? No. <laughs> okay, first of all, I have to say I disagree with both Sophie Turner and now you too. Um, and and here's why: it's one thing to say uh, this this wasn't disrespecting the crew or the actors, so bump that. People have a problem with the way this was written. It was written badly. It was written lazily. Uh, so that's what people have a problem with. And even if you say that you like the story as it w that was told, it wasn't told well. So even if you don't change anything and Daenerys is just as crazy as a bedbug as she is in the way it was done, it wasn't done well. It wasn't set up well. It was rushed. And that's why people are upset. Even if you want, it's not, not that you're asking for a different story. I'm saying tell the story. Even if you're tell the story you told tell the story you told better but uh, so but you all aren't paying for it so you all can sit and stew all you like so well, I you mean, know what to that i say jacaris no but you don't know what that means <laughs> i <laughs> don't i don't so you can jacaris all day long it means not a damn thing to me but i i do feel from the fans but i just think it's a little and it is disrespectful when you're it is disrespectful to the crew and to the cast because yeah it's badly written but guess what that's I, that's only one part of it you can't just say hey write it again because guess what somebody has to shoot it again guess what somebody has to act it again so it's a disrespect to everybody that's involved uh-uh no we're knocking the people who wrote this horrible crap and the to directors you. and the directors who made who made some really bad choices when it comes to the script the two guys behind the show and as far as the crew goes i there's a little hate coming your way too because they got really lazy at the end i don't know if you heard about it but there's like a starbucks cup in one shot yeah i, heard, then, I heard about and that then, i and heard then about the, that and in the finale there's like plastic water bottles that are can be seen in shots it's just like yeah they were done the, clearly well, the crew they were done they weren't paying attention stuff anymore that's true no that there should be not have been that lack of continuity like that but that is look those things are really easy to remove i don't know why i shouldn't say easy but they can be removed yeah, but they, they, i don't they, know why they, they didn't they, do that they, I, they've since it was called out they've removed digitally removed it but, exactly. but my point is why wasn't why didn't somebody notice when they were watching but, but uh, internally as they're watching the final cuts are they are, are they doing editing how can you not see you know uh the, the mad queen daenerys sitting next to a starbucks cup you know i don't understand okay, how well you know what sometimes Sometimes these things get through. I understand the thing for 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 with this is that it breaks the uh, it breaks reality uh, by going into this world. And when you see a Starbucks cup or you see a water bottle, that brings you back into reality, which you don't want. You want the fantasy. I get it. But guess what? Everybody is human. Sometimes these things happen. Sometimes it happens where there's something there that, you know, got it. Even in the back in the day in the Wizard of Oz, I don't know if you've ever seen a cup, but Dorothy's hair length in the uh, pigtails changes like three times because they tried it on and they should, and they forgot when they did it. So you notice these types of jump cuts and things happen. It's, it's, it's not a perfection. You want perfection, but sometimes that happens. So my thing is like Game of Thrones fans, 
And I can say this because I'm not necessarily a fan. Well, not necessarily. You're not a fan at all. You haven't there even you seen go. the show. I'm not, so you, no, yes, I have you, you, seen the show. I have seen the show. That's how I can determine I'm not a fan because I watched it. So I watched three good episodes to get, I said, mm -mm, this is not for me. And for some, it is for some people. Good for you. However, none of you all run anything, nor do you hold the purse strings <laughs> for this production. So you all can go and find something else to watch. That's why a petition Really? Here's my thing. And, and you know, I know it's a show. And th th that's the point. It's a show, people. If you took this same energy and you had a petition with a million for housing or something like you could get stuff done. But no, it's for bloody Game of Thrones. So I don't feel sorry for you all. Go watch well, the, another show. Well, thank you for so for your support, Tanji. And You're another welcome. thing is, but the difference is, I, uh, as far as this versus network television, I do think we do have more power because um, I believe you have a, a story as well about fans being so upset about this that they are basically using the one tool they have when it comes to cable. And didn't wasn't there a Google search that basically uh, illuminates? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So the there is a Google search that uh, after the finale of Game of Thrones, the um, searches on Google for how to cancel HBO went up. I can't remember the percentage, but it did go up. However, this is the thing. The The thing is, is, is it like, okay, we all do this, right? You get a subscription to whatever because there's a certain show that's on and Kevin is the king of this. There's a certain <laughs> show that's on and then you cancel it when you don't need it anymore. So it's not really for certain if people were just in a, um, a, a crazed frenzy and so upset over it that they said, I'm just canceling HBO or if it was really because, well, I would probably cancel HBO anyway because there's nothing else I really want to watch. It could no, be a I, combination I, I of both. I, I think it absolutely was a combination of both but yeah. some people are really so angry and it, what but the capper of the anger was this one of the things is at the end of the the of the final season there was one thing that a lot of fans were hoping for and i was included in that there's already been announced that they're working on some prequels the one is actually right. in production and there's some apparently according to george R. R. martin there are four others that hbo is potentially working on but people were hoping that there might actually be a spinoff where there might be some characters from the finale that might have a show. In particular, Arya Stark's character is setting sail for uncharted par uh, portions of their world. She's going west of Westeros where apparently so far nobody – there's no maps of it. And no one knows exactly what's there. So, we're, so everybody's like, oh my god, that's a show. Please let us follow Arya's adventure uh, adventures west of Westeros, and and the and literally like two days later, the head of HBO is like, no, shows come to an end. This one ended. No, you're not getting it. Bump you, go to hell. See, you wouldn't want to be. I mean, it was so curt and so like disrespectful to fans. I'm like, yeah, drop HBO like a hot rock. Oh well, yeah, no, I don't believe in the disrespect of fans either because guess what? They're the ones that are uh, you're doing this for. So whether or not they're paying you and you're. you're uh, bread and butter paying you in bread and butter or uh, whatever yeah we're, we're, we're basically paying his family we're, we're putting bread we're putting bread and we're putting bread and bacon on, on his table for his family by subscribing to hbo and to disrespect people tell like no you can't have this just out of hand why can't you, you but, need to but you know what you, they, they don't work for you <laughs> that's what you all have to understand see the thing is is as a fan you know distinctly what you would like to see absolutely i don't argue that 
but is every fan equipped to determine the way something should happen? Does that do they know the business enough to make that determination? No. So that's not to say I love the fact that fans have a voice that it is no longer passive media. I love it. Trust me, because I'm a fan, not of Game of Thrones, but I'm a fan of television and movies myself. However, I also realize I know my place. You do you 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 don't have the power to and in this case the reason I'm like come on now is because of this petition to remake with a oh no no signatures. no this is this is this is I I will say that much it's this is the whole request to remake the final season is ridiculous it'll never happen this is the same thing that happened with people that were upset about uh the the last star uh, Star Wars movie they weren't 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 happy I'm not gonna do any spoilers but they weren't happy with the behavior when Luke Skywalker in that movie. And people were there was a huge petition to, to get that remade, um, and and have uh, Skywalker actually act in character. I don't know who wrote that script, but it made no sense. But anyway, um, so, so they wanted it to be remade. They weren't they weren't successful getting a movie remade. They're not going to be successful in getting a whole season of a television show remade. But there's that's one thing. But to say that you can't like no, we're not going to even consider giving you a uh, uh, a spinoff of a Game of Thrones, the most successful one of the most successful TV shows of all time is ridiculous out of hand to just dismiss it and dismiss fans for wanting it to me was a big mistake well okay so here's the thing it probably is a mistake but there may be some things that you all don't see that they're looking at that that maybe they're like "Mm, maybe not at this time that doesn't mean a no never Oh that no, just, he no, you 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 didn't read the statement. He said no never. Oh, did he say no never? <laughs> oh, he very no, it wasn't he didn't leave any kind of wiggle room or daylight. He was just like, no, and you're stupid for wanting it. And <laughs> it's just like F you. It was very disrespectful. Well, no, well then th- okay, this is where here's here's what you all need to do. Th- those of you that are fans, you need to do like a you know, fan driven series and come up with things and then do it yourselves. That could be. Well, you know what? More... I'm, I'm, I'm going to contact Maisie, the actress who played Arya, and I'm going to basically start working on my own script for West of Westeros, my, my new TV show coming to the new streaming service called TV Channeling, and or no TV streaming. That's going to be my new my new service. Well, you, you think you're laughing, but I'm like, there's so there's so many um, fan driven uh, web series and stuff like that. Do it. I mean, you just have to be careful about how you do it intellectually. Oh yeah, yes, Tati, I'm going to I'm going to first going to start working on my code of my cgi dragon so once i get that locked down then i'll call Maisie and we'll get it we'll get it no, going but you don't have to shoot it you can write it you know what i'm saying that's where it gains wings and that you never know so i'm telling all of you got people rather than complaining get your pens out and start to write you never know okay don't listen go. to her tachi knows what she's talking about what no don't get, if you're gonna get your pens out or get your keyboards out complain to hbo and demand the west of western okay Rose, get uh, your pitchforks out and yes. your burning hay you know, and, you know, in fa- yeah in fact get get your cardboard make make up some uh, a poster board and make up some uh, picket signs and meet me at hbo headquarters and we will make this happen don't listen to tachi we're not making our own show the but views we will, expressed by kevin but we will force hbo to bend to our will or they will suffer the consequences. Jakaris. Jakaris. The views expressed by Kevin are not necessarily <laughs> the views of Tachi or TV channeling. All You're right, not dragging me down that that Let's road. move on. All right, so let's uh, talk a little bit about, okay, since we're talking about fan uh, fandom in a sense, there are a lot of Star Wars fans, right? And so there's a really interesting 
article in Vanity Fair about Billy Lord, and which is um, uh, the daughter of Carrie Fisher, the late great Carrie Fisher. And Billy Lord, who does Billy Lord play in uh, Star Wars? I think she's in the rise of Star Wars. I think she's going to be a new character. I don't remember her being in the last Star Wars. I don't either. So, So, but but uh, go ahead. Um. So this is I don't either. So I think um, I don't know what she's so print. Well, Princess Leia. She's going. She's now General Leia, right? And so she actually requested to share scenes with her late mother Carrie Fisher in this um upcoming uh, in the rise of skywalker that's an, uh, the name of it so she plays one of leia's lieutenants and she plays opposite her mother and she said i purposely had written her character in scenes without carrie because uh, i'm sorry this is abrams saying this jj abrams i purposely had written her character in scenes without carrie because i just didn't want it to be uncomfortable for her instead he recalls lord told him I want to be in scenes with her. I want it for my children when I have kids. I want them to see. Oh my God, my heart's breaking. I know this is um, this is real, and it's 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 interesting because um, this is now a new age in terms of digital technology, and you can do these types of things where uh, you know, and have it and nearly seamless. Um, so it's going. I'm sure that's going to be a very uh, emotional process or it is a very emotional process for billy lord and then watching it is going to be emotional as well oh yeah because the actually uh the the concern was when carrie fisher died after the filming for the second movie in the in this uh current trilogy people were like well what's going to happen so but then it was announced that they had enough other footage of hers that they didn't put everything in the second movie they saved something for the last movie of carrie fisher that she shot already and they're going to be able to make it work by doing some changes to the script but but leia was going to be in all three movies i thought i I thought instantly oh they're going to kill leia in the second movie because of the fact that you know uh uh, carrie fisher has passed away but no leia will make it at least to the uh to the third movie i don't know uh, if they're going to kill the character off in the third movie or what but uh played by carrie fisher princess leia will be in the third movie and she will be in a scene with her actual real life daughter thanks to the the current technology it's amazing it is it is it's almost like um they did you know they did something very rudimentary uh like this with um remember uh natalie cole and nat king cole when they oh did the uh, yes where they, did, they, did, they did duets the together duet, yeah. musically and they did a music video where they were singing together yeah yeah and also but they've they've been doing this for a while now when yeah. it comes to commercials which is kind of disturbing where they they'll take a dead celebrity and they'll put them in a commercial one of the things that really bothered me was um oh my god uh breakfast at tiffany's what's the star of that Her- um 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 uh, hepburn audrey, audrey hepburn. hepburn audrey hepburn was selling dove chocolate in a commercial because they had her they played manipulated her image where she's eating a dove chocolate and I'm just like really that's just that's very tough I, I, I have a real problem when and they did, there was once a commercial with where paula abdul was dancing with fred astaire and fred astaire's or no uh, fred astaire was not to take that back fred astaire was dancing with they made him dance uh, originally i guess he had a uh he had a cane in the movie they were digitally replaced the cane with like a vacuum cleaner so he was dancing with a vacuum and it was just like ah that's just it just feels really slimy to me unless someone agreed to be presented in a certain way to once they're dead have them hawking just about anything 
it just feels really with all these idiots who are alive who would be willing to dance with a vacuum cleaner and that's what you had to do i'm like come on yeah that's very tacky so along the same strain of this there is whitney houston uh speaking of re uh, bringing people back uh to life through technology her estate is developing a hologram tour so this story about uh, about General Leia and, you know, Carrie Fisher made me think of this. And they're develop, developing a whole range of products. And this includes a hologram tour, a Broadway musical, and an album of unheard material, according to the New York Times. So Pat Houston is her sister-in-law and her former manager and said, and, and the executive of her estate. And she said that the hologram tour has taken precedence over everything. So... Yeah, they're gonna. I, uh, what I really wonder is who are who are the who's the audience for these hologram tours? Because remember, there was a big thing with Tupac, uh, a hologram of Tupac. There was also a, a really super creepy hologram of Michael Jackson uh, at some uh, at some event that looked really weird. And and the, the way they do holograms, for those of you who don't know, is they take an actor who looks similar to the person they put them in the uh, in the costume that the person that they want the like whitney houston to be wearing and then they could they 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 cgi a, a map of whitney's face onto the actress so you get three dimensions so you get all 360 view and they can put that image with light up on the stage and then play you know basically a whitney houston record and have the actress kind of pantomime that and they use to me it's so creepy what's all involved and how it's not all the one the same person so the idea of watching somebody kind of pretend to be whitney houston with like a map of whitney houston's face on their face the whole thing just seems creepy and the idea that you'd pay to sit in an audience and watch this light show of whitney houston with i guess like a, a live band or something just feels i don't know who that's for it's like face off all i know is i wouldn't pay to see it no, i don't understand i don't know who I. these people are who's gonna pay to see i don't need to see tupac any i can't think of any dead any dead celebrity that i'd go go to see a pretend version of them I, in fact all. i read there was a thing a long time ago called Beatlemania where they actually hired yes. actors and they did like they did like a play they basically reenacted and did songs i could understand that but I can't understand this whole hologram trickery weirdness uh, idea because uh, they look so far, unless they perfected the technology recently, and I, by that I mean last week, it still looks weird. Tupac looked weird. Michael Jackson looked disturbingly weird, but he looked disturbing at the end anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> but he looked, it was a new level to the disturbingness of his face as a hologram. It's really creepy to me. It's disrespectful. It's just a shameless sad money grab do the broadway show where you hire some actress to play whitney houston and sing her songs like they did with donna summer and they're currently doing with Cher. but no i don't need a hologram share if she gets hit by if she gets hit by a bus tomorrow no holograms no holograms oh damn okay well moving on <laughs> speaking of singers let's talk a little bit about the voice so if you did not know adam levine does he say Levine? He says uh, Levine. Yeah, it's Adam right? Levine. Adam Levine's uh, is, I was about to say Adam Levine's character, but he's leaving. Okay, he is leaving. But as we talked about before the show, it's interesting because he was at the upfronts. So yeah, he he was at, he appeared at the upfronts. But some people uh, uh, clocked this, and I did too. If you watch some of the upfront footage from NBC's upfronts, 
they had all the all of the people that were slated to be judges uh, 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 for this 2019-2020 uh, uh, season uh, uh, perform. And Adam Levine could not look more disinterested or bored if he tried. Wow. It's, it's amazing how, like, totally not there and over it he looked. And people actually commented on it on social media. And with uh, and there was an article written about it, I think, in Variety or someplace about, like, could he look more bored? Maybe he needs to take a season or two off of the show. And literally, like, that afternoon, he's like, I'm out. And, so, and he quit and um, is leaving the show. So it was quite a surprise to, to fans and non-fans alike. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard to hide when you're ready to be done with a project. And Blake Shelton wrote on Twitter, having a hard time wrapping my head around Adam not being at The Voice anymore. After 16 seasons, that has changed both of our lives. I only found out about this yesterday and it hasn't set in on me yet. So basically, he found out the same time all y'all did or maybe a day before. And well, the crazy thing to me is how it's changed all our lives. But yeah, because you're richer than God now. I can't imagine how bored I would have to be. Literally, there the job is sit in a red leather chair and with your back to whoever's singing. If you like what they sound like, you hit a button, you turn around. I and, can't and, imagine and, and coaching and coaching. Yeah, I that. that oh, shit, oh wow, seriously, Tanchi, that coaching is like you know what? You got to go out there and sell it. You got to sell it. You know what? You got the energy needs to be bigger. You got to go out there and win them over. You that's can coaching. Do it. That's coaching. I didn't say to what depth or what extent, <laughs> but that's part of the job. And so here's okay. So Kelly Clarkson wrote on Twitter, of course. Found out last night about Adam Levine leaving The Voice, and while I get that he's been doing the show for a while and wants to step away, it will be weird showing up for work and he's not there. Big so googly eyes or whatever. So to start an amazing show from the ground up is a big deal. And John Legend said, "We'll miss you, brother." That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> Because John Legend hasn't been on there, uh, you know, long enough to make it, you know, for that to be a thing. Well, neither have any of the rest of them to be, except well, I, for Blake I, I Shelton. Think you, I think you have, you have to pretend and act like you're all heartbroken, because I'm sure she, uh, Kelly Clarkson can care less, too. As long as she's getting those checks, she doesn't care if Alan Veen's there or not. They, they've had an endless cycle of people moving in and out. The only constancy has there, there's been is Adam Levine and Blake Shelton. And right, I actually do right. think it actually improves the show to have new personalities and to keep mixing it up. To have that same dynamic between the two of them, uh, uh, Blake Shelton and Adam Levine, for so long, it was cute, but it was cute a while you, ago. You know, you know what they need to do. What they need to do now is bring in somebody like one of the masters, one uh, one of the um, the legends. And instead of having yet, yeah, all these people are great, of course, and they're wonderful, but they're all like younger. Bring in a legend to help with it. I think that would bring so much depth to it. Well, didn't they already announce who the new the who was replacing him already? Is it not in the article? I thought they announced that there was. Are they already chose somebody um, else to, to uh, take? Oh, oh, it's going to be. Here. It's going to be Gwen. It's going to be Gwen Stefani. So it's going to. Oh, be Gwen she's Stefani. coming back. Okay, it's going to be Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton, which who are a couple. I don't know if they're married yet, but I think they're engaged or something. They're a couple. Right. Them. It's and it's going to be John Legend and Kelly Clarkson for the next season. Okay. 
So uh, just anyway. very smart, very just interesting to me that Blake Shelton just like, oh, Alan Levine's gone. I'm so sad to see you go. Bring my girlfriend in. Bring her in. Bring her in. Bring her in. Uh, just like, wow. You, you know who I want to see on there? Yeah, no, I'm. That's why I'm like, you didn't try. You just said, oh, let's because Gwen Stefani was on before, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was, but now she's so, taking over. But she never had Adam Levine seat because. So that's like, if all of a sudden you guys, if you're what, listening to the show one week, and also Kevin's no longer on the show, but guess who's here? My boyfriend is now my co-host. Like, wait a minute see no that would be so not cute <laughs> that's the type of thing like okay that reminds me of you know on uh kelly and um it's not regis and kelly, kelly and michael and uh, michael Ke- you know uh, and now kelly and uh, uh what's his what's her what's his name uh god uh he's also from he's also from american idol what is his name uh, the dick clark like ryan seacrest ryan uh, kelly, and ryan. kelly and ryan so it's like okay you know the times when uh before when it was um michael or when it was regis and they he couldn't be there her husband would come on sometimes okay exactly and and, and also you know regis would have his wife joy would be that's on that's right too. joy would be on there too exactly but that you know that, that that's a cute thing that's every once in a while not like permanently so i'm like you know and definitely not for like a whole season my thing is like i would like to see look bring in like a jennifer holiday bring in like a you know somebody that's got some pipes and has some wisdom that could do that you know what i'm saying do that just for one season well you know what you can get that over there on american idol because uh one of their judges is uh, at least it was because they're actually in negotiations right now so i don't know if he's gonna be back but Lionel lionel richie uh, oh yes 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 lionel see see that that's exactly it that's exactly it. that's what you have to do bring in somebody who has some skin in the game from back well you know who would have been a real shocker for them to add instead of someone like gwen stefani is because she kind of burst back onto the scene this uh this year uh being on the mass singer and that's gladys knight Oh. She, she exposed the 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 mass singer was a thing that actually was a, a bona fide hit for Fox and people were shocked. A lot of young people had weren't familiar with Gladys Knight at all. She did a rendition of Chandelier that blew people's minds, and so to have someone like that, a true legend, uh, come on the voice something like that and actually be a coach would be amazing. But I don't think they yes. would ever even think of someone like that. Instead of bringing um, who's who's Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani, or you know how they have some of the. I like when you have a range of people. So you've got some of these newer millennials that are you know can talk about one end of it. Then you've got some of the legends. I like that mix. No, so, you know, to have a mix it would have been really interesting. But again, I don't think that they're that forward thinking. But I guess I'll give, I'll give credit to American Idol to have even have Lionel Richie. Exactly. I don't know if they're going to have him again, but but having him for that one season uh, alongside someone like Katy Perry was an interesting uh, pairing. That's an interesting dynamic indeed. So, speaking of that, yeah, but don't let the door hit you on the way out, Adam. Bye, Adam. I'm not sad to see you go. <laughs> I'm like, you know, again, I uh, that's one of those types of shows like I don't watch on the regular. So I watched when it first came out, and I was like, oh, this is an interesting concept. But then after a while, I'm like, okay, man. Yeah, it got old really it quick. Gets it, was, old it, it, fast. Was, it was it was it was an incredibly interesting take on the uh, on the music. Uh, 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 talent slash competition show but it just feels like it, it i guess if people if you like the dynamic and you're, and you're interested in the different kinds of uh, coaches but to me i'm over it well and see that's the thing with like okay masked singer is su- it's such a huge hit but that's the type of thing that can't go on forever after a while people are, okay i'm tired of these damn birds and toucans and and rabbits <laughs> and stuff. <coming laughs> after a while it gets oh gimmicks get old 
after a yeah, while. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. But, but but for the while, I have to admit, it was a very incredible idea. And oh, yeah. you would not get, uh, to me, uh, a lot of people, especially the older talent like Gladys Knight, you're not going to hear her singing some song like Sia's Chandelier ordinarily. And so it was really fun to see different people out of their comfort zone and doing something different and it was amazing i loved her version of that and so i'm actually looking forward to the next season of mass the mass singer the only issue is the problem is they didn't know how big it was going to be so there was all kinds of leaks about who the different uh mass singers were and everything turned out to be true so people were saying isn't people were saying oh the bumblebee is gladys knight and i'm like i think it's gladys knight and so but now because of how big it was there's like there's gonna be all kinds of secrecy this next season and there aren't gonna be leaks supposedly next season so i'm looking forward to seeing how it goes down no that's gonna be really interesting it's gonna be really interesting all right so finally (laughs) let's talk a little bit about norman lear's all in the family and the Jeffersons and they, they did a live special recently and you watched, right? Yeah, I actually did see it. And uh, what they did was they took a classic episode of uh, the classic sitcom on the family, which is almost like 50 years old and uh, the Jeffersons, which is over 40 years old. And they uh, shot them live with a studio audience and uh, Jimmy Kimmel had a hand in it and they had big stars. Uh, they had uh, George Jefferson was played by Jamie Foxx. Oh, and can I tell you, he nailed the accent. He sounded just like George Jefferson. It was spooky. Also, they had uh, other names like uh, Ellie Kepner uh, played Gloria. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a real Marissa Tomei as Edith Bunker was mind blowing. I would have, and I'm gonna, I would have never thought to cast Marissa Tomei as Edith Bunker, but she stole it it was uncanny how she channeled gene stapleton it was really good it wow. was really good and I then woody harrelson played yeah, as, as archie well as yeah archie that Bunker. was that was mm-hmm. much less successful that's what um, i've heard so because i i told you before kevin that i missed the all in the family part of it and then tuned in just in time for the jeffersons so i missed uh the entire uh but i heard that his performance was like okay <laughs> and that's generous say oh okay yeah i i that was a yeah i don't know who thought he was a good a good pick for that but also i would have never thought carrie washington as roxy roker um a uh, character on the jeffersons was a surprise but she was she did great yes and um uh it was the sets were per pitch oh, perfect my recreations it was amazing and then they did a real surprise because they had announced there was the uh, an actress who was going to play the 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 role of florence the maid but they shocked everybody when marla gibbs uh, in her 80s came out and played the 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 same character that she made iconic 40 uh, 40 some odd years mm-hmm. ago she's she's 88 it was it was absolutely amazing. It was an, an incredible live event. It did really well in the ratings. So this will happen again. So my question to you, Tachi, is if you could have any series or any episode in particular of any series be redone uh, with a new cast today and to have it be a live event, what would it be? Oh, fame. Wow. <laughs> now that would be ambitious. That would be hugely ambitious. But um. That it, 
it, it's such a big thing for me because you know I'm a dancer and a choreographer and I just love dance. And so we don't really have, besides dance competition shows, we don't have any dramas or, you know, that are centered or around dance. So I would love to see a remake of Fame. Oh, that would be that would be an mm-hmm. interesting live event. It really would be. It and really would of, be, and you know, and a lot of danger or somebody messing up or somebody crashing or falling or something. That would be, it would be exciting. And you know who I would? Of course, we would have to have um, what's the name? Bad Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen would have to be bad. But I would also love to see if we couldn't get Debbie Allen. I would love to see Janet Huber, Huber who played the first Aunt Viv. Wow. Yeah. That would be, that would be a very interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for me, oh, there's. I was a about things. to ask you. Oh, well, can you give me the chance? So, Kevin, what would you like to see remade? Any show? What would you okay, like to see? Okay, there are rebooted? a couple that I'd, I would want. The first thing I thought of when I thought of when I heard this idea would be a redoing I Love Lucy, in particular, either the, either the Vitamina Vegemin episode yes. or the cho- candy, the candy the shop, candy, candy factory episode. The candy factory episode yeah. would be insane to see that done live. Yes. It, would, it would be absolutely insane. Another thing I would love, I would, I, I would think would be so fun to see redone live would be uh, uh, the uh, Golden Girls. Pretty Ooh, much any episode. I am so there any for episode. it. Yes, a remake of the, uh, yeah, a live, uh, what is it? It's, it's actually called Live in Front of a Studio Audience. Yes. So well, of, that of would the, be any, great. I, I'm not even picky. Any episode of Golden Girls would be so fun to have that redone. In fact, I'm going to give you another idea, Jimmy Kimmel. You need to do this at Christmas time and pick famous Christmas episodes of TV shows and have Ooh, those reenacted. Yes. Uh, that would be everything. Because there was an episode of Golden Girls where they're being held hostage by a, a gun-toting Santa, which would be a fun thing to redo Ooh, at Christmas time. It would. I would love that. So, yeah. So, those are the, the those are the, the two things that popped in my mind first. Another thing would be actually a really neat thing to do, like, in a live outdoor kind of area that would be kind of spectacular. If you did it on a, on like some like studio lot like it on Universal Studios here, would be a live reenactment of episode of Gilligan's Island because it could actually be outside and everything. That would be amazing to see a live version of Gilligan uh, Gilligan's Island with a live cast because that was a filmed show and it didn't have a live it never had a live audience ever. And I will say this: normally, you know, I hate live audiences when it comes to shows like Big Bang Theory that to me aren't particularly funny uh but the, everything that's said the audience there's huge guffaws for everything but this live event with the jefferson slash all in the family there was a real audience there was no so-called what they call sweetening where they where the laughter isn't lined up by the real audience so they add fake canned laughter to uh make it seem more like every, like everything was funny i love a real audience the energy from that real audience and their real laughter worked and made this a real event so if you do something something like that it would be really fun to do a live of uh, 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 these kind of live events again without playing with them and what, I, what the only mistake the only issue i have with the live event that they did do this time was they only shot it once and what i mean by that is it was only live for the east coast Right. Now, when they did live events during sweeps for, like, say, 30 Rock, they would actually shoot it twice and, and with slight variations, different jokes, where they'd do it uh, for the East Coast and then they'd wait three hours and they'd shoot it again for live on the West Coast. And to me, it would have been really fun either to change the cast completely or make a, little, a few little changes to, uh, uh, to do it twice for both the East and the West Coast. 
So that's my only thing I would really like to see differently if they did it again. Good idea. They'd have to raise a little more money for that. But <laughs> oh, it would not cost. The, everybody's already standing there. The sets are already built. Everybody has the costumes. You take a break. You t- they, you take a you take three hour break. Everybody chill. Or uh, they actually get, you I'm sorry. Actually do- these are Wait. SAG actors. You got you have to pay them again. You can't just say, "Oh, well, you're already there." Oh no, mm-hmm. they still get paid. But but my point is, they actually, when you have to be a three hour break, it can actually be like a two hour break. What you would do is that you'd have the special air at nine o'clock on the East Coast, and it would air at eight o'clock on the West Coast. So they'd have two hour break between uh, to reset up and, st- and do it all over again. And it would be amazing to have them do it twice in one night. I guess if Cirque du Soleil can do it, then all right. Yeah, they can. Um, they can. They can read. They can do a twenty-two minute uh, a, sh- a play in uh, uh, theoretically twice in one night. All right. Well, um, that about <laughs> does it. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> but no, it really was a good. Um, it really was a, a good show. What what I saw the Jeffersons, it was really good, and they did an episode that I really liked. So that was um, that was good to see. And oh, what I was going to say is this is really setting a precedent. I think we're moving away from the kind of uh, the musical live events because, you know, the last few have not been very well received. I, that could have more to do with what shows they're choosing That's to what, do. Uh, th- thank you but, for saying that. Say, it, it, it has so much to do with it. They're not getting the good. They're not getting the rights to the good shows. If there are certain shows that they got the rights to, they would they would get huge ratings. But you, these lesser shows like Peter. Peter Pan, who was who was clamoring to see a live of that? The last one that did well was The Wiz. And so they need to get another good show. Well, well Jesus really Christ Superstar see. did really, really well, too. Yeah, so something can do well, but the one that did the rent didn't do well. But who no. was clamoring for some, um, honestly, who was clamoring for a musical on AIDS? I don't know. No, no. So, no. We so. already have too much going on without reliving what happened in the and 1980s. Plus, and that's another thing. That was a live event that wasn't even really live because one of the cast uh, people in the cast was hurt. So they basically gave us like a, a, a tape stuff from the dress rehearsal. So it's just like it wasn't even a live event. So who cares? Yeah, it's, you know, that's the thing. So I, but I really do think the, these reimaginings of the not even the reimaginings but like this restaging of these uh sitcoms i think this is the way to go oh one last thing about the sitcom thing was with the jeffersons the n-word was used like twice and they decided to let let the actors they didn't change any word of either of the scripts uh and it was spooky how relevant the uh the 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 episode of all in the family was when they were when they were referring to uh, things regarding Richard Nixon, it was uncanny how well it fit today. What's going on with our current president? It was spooky. But the N word thing, what they chose to do was have them say the N word, so the audience heard it in the studio, but they bleeped it uh, for uh, for air. Right. So it was a compromise. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to compromise and end this show because um, we we've said everything we have to say. <laughs> well, I still have more to say, but I'm going to let the show end anyway. Yeah, we I'll, I'll tell you off air. Thank you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> anyway, no, but this was a really fun show. Good stuff. Good stories. Oh my god, usual. a great sh- and a and a and a really great. Sh- I can't wait to watch more of What If. So, Tachi, as we're wrapping things up, where can people listen to more episodes of TV Channel? Because we have a huge back catalog. We do. We actually have a body of work. So all you have to do is you can go to your favorite podcasting app like Stitcher, iTunes, slash uh, Apple po- Apple Podcast. 
SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. You can also go to our website, TuneIn, TuneIn, TVChanneling.com, and you can listen to episodes there, which is an easy way. But guess what? You can listen to us live Tuesdays and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on WJMSRadio.com. That's right. So if you missed it or you don't have time to go to the podcasting app or you just want to live it in real live time, Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, WJMSRadio.com. So after you hear all the wonderful things we have to say, maybe you have a comment or maybe you have a question or maybe you have a suggestion for something you want us to review. You could do that on social. And where can they reach us, Kevin? Okay, we're everywhere on social. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're on Snapchat. We're on Instagram. And we're on my personal favorite, Twitter. And we are TV channeling everywhere. So like Tachi said, if there is a show you want us to review or if there's something going on in pop culture that you want us to talk about, we are happy to do it. And uh, when you're subscribing to TV channeling, we would love it if you would give us a review Hopefully positive, because let's face it, you're still listening, so you kind of like us. Admit it. So, we, we would love to hear from you in any of those ways. Yes, that's 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 true. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on there for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to think about that. Yeah, that's true. We, we would love to hear from you. And, and, any number of ways, but thank you so much. As I always say, it's because of you that we do this. Nobody else, just because of you. We love having you listen. We love getting your comments and we love getting your questions. So keep that up. And we're going to sign off in the manner that we always sign off. I'll say bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. With the Jeffersons. Cheers. <laughs> Live. <laughs> Jeffersons. <laughs> Bye.